Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to this, you're listening to my next installment in my FBS College Football Breakdown Series, continuing to break down all 133 teams at the FBS level. And in this segment, I will be continuing with the Ball State Cardinals, who last year went 5-7 and and 3-5 and in the MAC. A uh, little bit of a disappointing ending to the season for Ball State as they had every opportunity to uh, get to a bowl game and fell just short. And even more of a disappointment due to the fact that they had not only the best running back in the MAC, but probably the best player in the MAC in Carson Steele, who has since uh, heading to the Pac-12 to play for UCLA, one of the best running backs in the country. And they had a good quarterback in uh, Paddock, who has since transferred on to Illinois and is competing for that job. Um, but some new, uh, new really exciting pieces have been added to the offense to replace those two players in particular and some other talented guys as well. Um, this is a team that can really, really fight uh, in the MAC this year. They just have to get past two extremely difficult uh, non-conference games to start the year. We will get into that. I will get into that shortly. And, and this could be a make-or-break year for head coach Mike New here at Ball State. Um, started off well, even winning the conference um, just a handful of years ago. Uh, but has since fallen short in a couple years. And I, and I know that the fans and uh, the boosters are really looking for this offense to step up uh, and, and be uh, more exciting. But diving into the breakdown now, uh, Ball State plays at a, a Schumann Stadium, which seats 22,500. Uh, I had the privilege of going to a game there last year. And uh, I loved my experience there at Ball State. And it was one of those where I'm looking forward to going back in the future. I went to the UConn game uh, because I do a significant amount of work for uh, UConn football and hosting a weekly show talking about UConn football. And I'm very close with a lot of players and coaches there. And I went to the game uh, wearing my podcast gear but wearing a UConn hat because I was doing a lot, uh, doing work uh, for for UConn, covering UConn. I had three or four fans come up to me and tell me, "Thank you for attending. Thank you for taking the time to come to Muncie, to Ball State, to attend a game at Ball State University." And I've never had that happen at a uh, at another venue. So I was extremely, extremely impressed by the Ball State fans. And, and, I, and I, like I said, I loved my experience there. And, uh, again, can't wait to go back. Uh, they get, Ball State gets a bad rap for uh, it, it, just for being in the middle of nowhere, and there's not much in Muncie or whatever. I had a tremendous experience, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would recommend going uh, to anybody. Um, shifting now to a coach on the rise within the program, I'm going with uh, passing game coordinator, defensive backs coach Vic Hall, um, younger coach who uh, graduated from the University of Virginia in 2009 and had a very good uh, pro career for uh, for a time in the Arena League, uh, setting a league record with 15 interceptions 
in 2011 for the Chicago Rush on his way to being AFL Defensive Player of the Year. So a really, really talented player in his playing days and uh, has since from 2014 to 2018 served as an assistant coach at National Collegiate Prep. So he wasn't even a college coach until 2018. Uh, 2018 became a graduate assistant at Western Illinois in my neck of the woods here in central Illinois. Moved on in 2019 to Howard as the cornerbacks coach. Went to Hampton in 2020 as the safeties coach. Moved to Ball State in 2021. 2022 served as the cornerbacks coach, co-recruiting coordinator. And then this year has been promoted to passing game corner, coordinator and defensive backs coach. I, I always think it's really interesting when a program has a player uh, on their coaching staff coaching a position group that he excelled at. And I think players really want to play for somebody like that. I, th I think it's a huge asset to have somebody who's been there and done that um, and can really help your current players succeed and have success. And as you've seen, Coach Hall has risen through the ranks pretty quickly, was a prep coach, uh, prep school coach as, as early as 2018 and has already moved up the chain quickly and now serving as a passing game coordinator. So, I, I, again, uh, huge kudos to him uh, for not only his playing days, but for the opportunity that he's had and used in coaching. Uh, shifting now to the schedule for Ball State, I mentioned this briefly already, but two extremely difficult games to start the year against uh, two powerhouse programs. They open up at Kentucky and then at Georgia, back-to-back -back national champion Georgia. Obviously, Kentucky should also be ranked. Two extremely difficult games. They'll be on TV on the SEC network for both of those games. But again, if they got to make it through that stretch. Then they come home, they play Indiana State, FCS foe, who, who is a decent team on the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Then they host Georgia Southern. That'll be a good test as Georgia Southern is much improved under Clay Helton. Then they open up MAC play. They go to Western Michigan, to Eastern Michigan, host Toledo, host Central Michigan, and then they start their midweek MACTION play Wednesday, November 1st at Bowling Green. Tuesday, November 7th, they go to Northern Illinois, and then they have two Saturday games to conclude the year against Kent State and Miami, Ohio. So a, a, in my opinion, a difficult MAC slate playing four road games against uh, Eastern Michigan, NIU, Bowling Green, upper echelon teams, Western Michigan, again on the road. Then you host Toledo, host Miami, Ohio, difficult games, and then Central Michigan, of course, in the West. A difficult schedule for Ball State, honestly. Uh, but but again, this is, a, this is a team, as I get into the breakdown, that I think that you'll see that uh, they can have some success if, if things uh, click for them. So diving into the breakdown now, uh, starting offensively at the quarterback position, uh, the QB position sees a battle heading into fall camp between last season's backup, Kyle Kelly, and Texas State transfer lane Hatcher. Uh, Hatcher is the favorite and has thrown for over 10,000 yards in his career where he's been at Alabama. He didn't play uh, Arkansas State for three years, threw for a ton of yards, and then, of course, last season at Texas State. Kelly is a heck of an athlete which was on display last season when they played Miami, Ohio, their last game of the year. He ran for, I believe it was 83 yards in that game. Very talented athlete. And uh, 
I know Ball State fans are excited to see uh, the potential that he has uh, moving forward. Um, but it was interesting yesterday in, uh, at Mac Media Day, uh, Coach New talked about uh, Lane Hatcher uh, being the guy. Uh, but then again, uh, retracted that statement a little bit, saying that it's still a competition. Um, but but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I firmly believe that Lane Hatcher will be the guy starting at the beginning of the season just because of the, the experience that he has uh, moving forward. So uh, the running back room, like I said earlier, they lose one of the best in the country in Carson Steele, who heads to UCLA, had over 1,500 yards last season. That's obviously very difficult to replace. But the Cardinals added the next best running back in the MAC and Marquez Cooper from Kent State. Cooper was a first-team All-Mac performer last season and had 1,331 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns. At 5'6", 184 pounds, he is a much different runner than Carson Steele. Carson Steele would just beat you up. He was big and powerful and had good speed as well. That's what makes him so fantastic. Uh, but he would just wear you down. Whereas uh, Cooper is obviously a lot quicker and he's very intelligent, and he uses that intelligence to get, get the job done on the football field. Also look for Indiana transfer Charlie Spagel and uh, returner Vaughn Pempleton uh, to also uh, are ones to watch there at that position. Uh, the receiving core returns talented sophomore tight ends and Tanner Kozil and Brady Hunt, uh, two tremendous guys there uh, that re return a ton of production between the two of them as they, as freshmen last year, they were outstanding along with wide receiver, Nick Presley. Uh, the wide receiving core is uh, pretty new and inexperienced. So somebody has got to emerge, emerge there. Young talent will need to step up at wide receiver. Like I just said, including transfers, Malcolm Gilly from the Juco ranks, uh, Xavier Simpson from Wake Forest, Ahmad Edwards from Jacksonville state and Ty Robinson from Colorado uh, they need a go-to receiver to emerge from this group. Like I said, those two tight ends are outstanding, uh, but they need some other guys to step up. Uh, the offensive line returns three starters, uh, center Ethan Crow, left guard Damon Kaler, and left tackle Corey Stewart anchored this group. The additions of uh, Jonathan Mukicoli from Sacred Heart and Luke Wington from Indiana provide good depth here. Uh, shifting to the defense now, the defensive line is deep and has a lot back. Uh, defensive ends, Tavion Woodard, Kyle King, and Jack Sape all have great experience. And then Wake Forest transfer Makari Siblis has also been added to that rotation. Uh, defensive tackles John Harris and Kyron Mims also have experience, so a good group there on the defensive line for the Cardinals. Uh, the linebacking core returns impact, in, intact and is extremely talented. Clayton Cole is uh, the leader of the defense. He was second-team All-Mac last season with 110 tackles. Cole Pierce also returns. He had 85 tackles, and he led the team in sacks with five. He was a third-team All-Mac selection. Then they also return Sidney Houston and Keontae Newson to form a really, really outstanding linebacking unit. Uh, the secondary returns Jordan Riley, who had 97 tackles, was third-team All-Mac, and Tyler Red Potts. Uh, the portal was utilized heavily here. 
the additions of uh, Damian Charity from Old Dominion, D.D. Dee Snyder from Illinois, Jamad Horman from Kent State, Alajake Marley from VMI from the FCS ranks, and then multiple JUCO players are massive pickups here as it's much needed. Uh, shifting to special teams now, punter Lucas Barrow returns and was an all-MAC performer last season, and then kicking should belong to uh, Carson Holmer. Uh, final analysis now, this is my opinion for Ball State heading, heading into the season. Like I said before, I really think this is a make-or-break year in Muncie for head coach Mike New. If they can make it out of the first two weeks healthy, like I said, going to Kentucky, to Georgia, uh, this team can compete in the MAC. They really, really can. I think that the, they need a go-to receiver to emerge, but the offense can be electric. Uh, Marquez Cooper coming in from Kent State, he is a fantastic running back. He's going to do some great things here. And then getting the secondary to gel will be key too, which going to Kentucky and going to Georgia those first two weeks, uh, they could take their lumps there in the secondary uh, just with all the new faces that they have and not not much returning production uh, other than uh, Jordan Riley. But again, they just got to get them to gel. They got to get out of those two weeks just healthy, and then they can uh, hit their schedule running. So... Hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown. Love doing these. It's one of the favorite things I get to do every year. Uh, please like, subscribe. If you ever listen to the podcast, give the podcast Twitter account a follow at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good night. God bless.